that walk that walk This is Walk and Roll Live. This is Walk and Roll Live. A podcast dedicated to the disabled community, sharing stories of courage and triumph, joy and discovery, and everyday successes and challenges. Now, here are your hosts, Doug Vincent and Eric Aguilar. Hello, welcome to another episode of Walk and Roll Live. I am Doug Vincent. Eric Aguilar is here. How you doing, Bubba? What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm Eric Aguilar. I hope y'all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I was just about to ask how yours was. Did you get enough to eat? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, my uh, father-in-law, Debbie, made a real good smoked turkey this year. A smoked turkey? And does he have like a Traeger or something like that? We did it on the on the barbecuer, and it came out great. Very nice. Very good. What's uh? What, what else did you have around the turkey? My uh, mother-in-law to be is this famous uh, green bean casserole. The um, with the uh, with the smoked uh, gravy from the turkey, it made the mashed potatoes even better. Ooh, God, that sounds good. Somebody and I have to ask our my host uh, who did it because I want to pay them compliments. But somebody took that that kind of traditional uh, green bean salad, you know, or casserole like thing, and did it with broccoli. Oh really? man, I love broccoli. It was so good. Yeah, so I have to I have to give them kudos. Very, very good. Um, so uh, uh, spent it with some friends of mine. My my daughter and her family went to uh, uh, her in laws, his his folks. So they had a good time over there. She was sending me pictures, and uh, looked like they uh, had a good time as well. Um, so uh, what else? Uh, uh, did you get a chance to go see Marvels? Um, not yet, but I want to knock it out this weekend for sure. And when it comes to turkey, I'm not really into turkey as much as I was as a kid. But with the smoked uh, addition of turkey, I kind of made an obsession because when it comes to Thanksgiving, I'm more of a ham guy. Yeah. With the yeah. Uh, pineapple slices and a uh, glaze. Right, right. Did, did you get some ham? Do they have ham? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you, you got both. Well, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that because I, I, I've been thinking, why don't we eat turkey more? Well, I, I had, uh, you know, of course, turkey and all, everything on Thanksgiving Day. And then, of course, my hosts love them to death. They send me home with a bunch of stuff. So I'm having it the next day. And a couple of days later, I'm having it again. And then I, I kind of realized, okay, this is why. Because we just we have it three, four, five times. And we make soup with the leftovers and all these different things. And, you know, then you're like That's done. exactly what I've been doing, Doug. <laughs> yeah. Every other day during the cold days, I've been getting the Campbell's a chunky uh, jambalaya or whatever flavor I can find. I mix it with the, uh, with the pieces of a uh, turkey. And then, like yesterday, I got the uh, Campbell Chunky uh, Jambalaya flavor. I mixed it with the turkey, and I had a little bit of uh, mango hot sauce to give it a little bit of a kick, which came out pretty good. Yeah. So you kind of just doctored it up a little bit. Yeah, good thinking. Oh, recipes with Eric here. I like it. I like it. Yeah, so finally, I I just had to go out and get a cheeseburger yesterday. (laughs) I need something different. So I went out and did that. We had those last night. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. So also... uh, I want to let people know Eric has been uh, working very hard the last week or so. I know uh, taking some classes and uh, educating himself even more on disaster preparedness. So uh, what we kind of hatched this plan that maybe we would do a a disaster preparedness program of its own and uh, do kind of an online teaching 
that's one of uh, Eric's uh, goals and his dreams is to do more teaching. So well, let's do it here. We've got a platform. So uh, we'll do uh, not our regular episode, but we'll do something that's all about that. That's the focus. So we'll 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 uh, keep one you updated the, uh, on doing that. That I uh, enjoy for my yeah. teachings is yeah. uh, all the knowledge that I that I sought out for uh, for uh, duct tape when it comes to survival uh, purposes. Oh man, did you do a whole? Like, let me give like, you one. Cl- you like, do a whole like, class me, on that, example. huh? Okay, go. Like, let me give you one cool example on uh, on on, that, on for duct tape with survival purposes. What you could do is with uh, duct tape, ladies and gentlemen, is that you can uh, take some duct tape, you can fold it like if you were doing origami, and you can make a drinking cup out of it. Ah. So, uh, does anybody make a boat? Hmm. They could. They could. They could make a boat. You know, with the with the right amount of tape. Yeah, you have to have enough tape. Exactly. We might be not be able to find that on a deserted island that you need a boat to Another get cool off of, right? With uh, duct tape that you could do, folks, is that you can uh, wrap your shoes like a mummy, and it could keep your uh, shoes dry in the rain. So when you put your kit together, you got to have some duct tape in there. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. And uh, be sure you keep in mind that the stickiness of duct tape only lasts six months at a time. Gotcha. Does uh, does, co- while, the, uh, does color matter? You you don't judge oh, no, uh, pink duct tape oh, works just as well as silver. Oh no, oh no, any color is fine. What's funny is that the stickiness can only last for so long. I hear you. I hear you. So I, one last thing before we kind of move forward, but uh, I last night was Monday night football, right? And for the second week in the row, in a row, I was in the hunt to win the pool with the guys that I, I hang out with and which would have been 250 something uh, wow. clams. <laughs> Let's say it was that for entertainer entertainment purposes. Uh, but uh, I was in a four way tie. So the, the, the total score of the Monday night football game is the tiebreaker, and I didn't make it. So, so next week we'll try again next week. Oh man, that was, that was a tough loss. But you know, it makes it much more interesting to watch the game. I'll tell you that. Also, want to say hello and welcome to. Uh, no, I don't want to say that. Also, want to say hi to Dan and Suzette. Uh, I know they listen to Walk and Roll Live. We appreciate it. Ed Labelle and his wife. I ran into Ed, and uh, he was telling us how, telling me how much he enjoys the show. So thank you, uh, my buddy Phil, out there driving his truck, making deliveries, and Drew and Mary in Mexico. So that's part of our international audience that listen every week saying thank you very much all right coming up today we've got an interview with greg walker uh we're going to talk to him about california's plan to get broadband connectivity to everyone all right so we'll learn all about that uh, and yes that includes the disability community so that's coming up next right here on walk and roll live also want to thank our friends at agyar professional training for all they do and their support thank you guys so much we'll be right back Introducing Agyar Professional Training, where we believe your greatest asset is your team. Investing in their development, knowledge, and happiness is crucial for the success and growth of your business. To reach new heights, you need to hire smart, talented individuals and empower them to work in their areas of strength and passion. At Agyar Professional Training, we're dedicated to helping your employees become happier, more productive and fulfilled because when your team thrives, your business thrives. We can help your workplace work better. 
We offer customized workshops and one-on-one coaching to help teams and leaders build trust and have better communication. We also offer strategic planning sessions, among other services. Elevate your team with Ugyar Professional Training. Welcome back to Walk and Roll Live. I am Doug Benson along with Eric Aguilar. And today, as we mentioned, we are talking with Greg Walker. He is with the Inland Empire Regional Broadband Consortium. And I know you might be thinking, uh, what is that? But we'll we'll explain all of that. He's also with the uh, Great Harvest Community Center. And we're not going to let him get out of here without talking a little bit about that as well. But uh, first of all, I want to ask you, you know, what is that? What is the Broadband Consortium? Uh, what are we doing here in California and what are, what are the goals? Okay. So the, the term consortium is just relating to the fact that it's more like a network resource group that has come together, a group of, uh, state agencies, county agencies, cities, uh, nonprofits, uh, might even be, uh, local grassroots organizations that have all come together under one umbrella for a common goal and a common goal for the IERBC is of course broadband for all. Now, and so talk a little bit about that. That's something that's, that's the goal of all of California, right? Just that that's kind of that big picture. And I know you're more concerned about here locally here in the Inland Empire, but California has a goal to make sure that broadband is accessible to every neighborhood in the state. There's some, areas in the middle of nowhere that don't have, I mean, I can go five to 10 minutes from my house, go up into Lytle Creek and there's no service there whatsoever. Yeah. So is that what the goal is to try to cover all those areas? Yes. Okay. So when you basically are talking internet service provider or ISP, Mm -hmm. they basically treat it like a bus route. So you have certain buses that go certain routes. You can be one block away from the bus stop and you have no internet or you have really poor internet because you aren't connected to the main junction. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. There are some places where you are literally a block away from fiber, (laughs) you know, entire communities that are. And so those are the things that they're trying to bridge the gap to mesh into the network. And so now the consortium is then a way for us to have a voice and these groups come together and probably discuss what the needs are for us and make sure we have a voice to get those needs met. Yes. So there was a series of meetings over the last two years. So let's, let's give the background. You basically have three parts to this entire huge project. There is first mile, middle mile, and last mile. First mile is the uh, policy making state regulations to pave the way for contractors and everybody to be able to get contracts to do the work. Then you have middle mile, which accounts for actually laying fiber in the ground, changing out old copper wire uh, where there's no uh, uh, actual connection whatsoever. They have these new fiber trenching machines So that's the middle mile. And then the last mile is kind of like the customer service layer. And that's what we participate in, which is the digital literacy training, getting them free computing devices 
and getting them signed up for the affordable broadband. Well, because this is a show that uh, it focuses on the disability community, you know, we have to ask, you know, what is, you know, what is, what's in it for us? You know, that kind of thing, how, how are our needs going to be serviced? And, and I think, you know, in there, you, you, you kind of alluded to it that uh, there are needs uh, for, for all communities, but, uh, and we'll probably get into this, but, and this is kind of a multi kind of faceted question, I guess, but there are, there are folks that are a little resistive to even getting on broadband, right? So uh, yes, do we, this consortium, does it address that? And then, you know, you know, one, it's one thing to have internet, but then to have the device to get on the internet and then to understand that device and learn how to use that device, all that. Yeah. So maybe you could, in all of that gobbledygook that I just said, maybe you could come up with a coherent answer. (laughs) Okay. So one of the, one of the critical factors is there are so many microcosms that could be hurdles that we wouldn't think of as hurdles. Yeah. It could be just language translation. It could be disability. It could be the fact that the person is uh, non-documented, and so they kind of have a fear of anything that looks government, right? So you're talking cultural, social, economic, yeah. disability, all woven into one big ball. So now the different groups, do they bring their concerns? So there, there must be some kind of a, a path to, or a, uh, a way that you facilitate, you know, bringing your concerns to the, the consortium. And then that goes on to you know, that uh, probably that legislative or, or the policymaking level to where they can address those things. Absolutely. On yeah. the on the website, and I'm going to do it slowly. Okay. It's broadbandforall.cdt.ca.gov. You know what we'll do? We'll, we'll put that on our, our website, too. Yes. So that and people that's can the broadband for, for all. That is the homepage of all homepages. Okay. Because so- you can get to everything from that one page. From that one website. Can individuals go on that website and and voice their concerns? Okay. Yes. Yep. And you have the ability to voice. uh, And another thing is not just voice your concerns. You can see the schedule of the legislature and all of the meetings that are being scheduled in regional areas to say, hey, Sacramento, we're having a meeting with uh, the Department of Transportation, the National Technology and Information Association, the NTIA, and it's happening on this date. And I can even click and Zoom link in. I don't have to go to Sacramento. So you just kind of answered uh, one of my next questions was, you know, you, you talk about those three different parts and, and where are we in that process? Uh, I believe they have just wrapped up the policy making portion of it and i know you're gonna love this they just uh disseminated two billion dollars for the state of california to help get infrastructure the middle mile built out so that's your verizon charter spectrum uh cox hughes uh at&t all of those guys they just put in for all of those grants to finish out and help them to finish out the infrastructure because it so, is very costly. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to see a lot of construction here in the next, what do you think? Yeah. A year or two, something like that. Yes. And I tease people in my, in my literacy classes about, uh, when I teach them what fiber is, I tell them just look for a six inch trench. 
So you don't have to be a major construction site. You just see that six inch and they chopping it up, going down the street. That's them laying fiber. It only needs a six inch pipe to go out to the nodes and then they spread it out to the individual residents. Well, that's good news. So maybe it won't be too disruptive for us, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so when do we feel like this will be operational and we can kind of get to those areas that are marginal and, and we'll have good service? I believe the goal it started out 2024, 25, but I know that they are behind. Yeah. So it looks like it may reach into Q1 2026 or Q2 2026. Yeah, that'll the, be the here before we know date. it, right? So Yeah, it um, seems like a long time, but not when you got all of those <laughs> thousands of steps in between. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like also that in addition to them getting to those areas that don't have the best service, they're they're doing some upgrade of what's existing already. Yes. And right. see, that's the trick. Okay. So you could be a block away from high speed. Well, they can't just put a plug in. It's not like a light switch. And you plug it in and, oh, there you go, light switch. And you got electricity. It has to be built out like a, like a network. They have to gear it down, spread it out to all of the residences. And then they have to guarantee that each residence gets a minimum they call it time slice oh, or a okay. certain level of broadband speed Yeah, because you can't just put fiber in and go, okay, everybody split that up. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, Eric's fairly uh, internet savvy, right? And computers, you got any uh, thoughts on this questions you want to ask uh, Greg about? Okay. I got one question. What is sure. the best uh, practical way to uh, tackle glitches? All right. Now, are we talking internet glitches or device glitches? Uh, Internet glitches, sir. Okay. Internet glitches. There is on the broadband for all now, there is a link that you can click to download a speed test module. And it's for everything, Apple phones, Android phones, or desktop, uh, Apple's or desktop uh, IBM computers. Once you download and install that, you can run a test. And here's what I used to tell people in my classes. I'm like, hey, did you know you could get an extra discount on your internet? And they're like, no, no, I didn't. Well, what do they say your speed is? They say I'm getting 75. Well, if you run a speed test and you're only getting 50 megabytes, sounds like there's a gap difference between what you're being marketed and sold and paying for and the performance you're actually getting. Excellent. And is that something that you could take to the provider and say, Yes. yes it this. is your right. It is your right to take good. that and say, hey, it says 75, <laughs> man. I'm clocking 38 max on a good day. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it may just be a diagnostic tool. You know, maybe not doing anything they're doing to, you know, to underserve you, but, you know, it right. might detect that there's a problem and they can come right. and they'll but, fix it. But, right? And you asked about how to get your comments. That's the <laughs> way to get your comments directly to the ISP to be able to say, hey, Service and my neighbor may be getting great speeds across the street, two houses down, but here either there's something wrong in the line that needs to be cleaned up, or there's something that needs to be replaced between the junction node and my house or my residence. So that's another way to get your voice to the ISPs directly. It, you know, my I'm I'm trying to form this thought here in my head uh, uh, because you touch upon that, but. You know, we where we talked earlier about people having, you know, some some reservations about the Internet, let's say, you know, for whether it be cultural or whatever it is, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm 
mature, well into maturity. And I know my age group, my peers, uh, they don't want to really deal with it. You know, I, I'm very, because of the business I was in for years, you know, and they, we had to have all this stuff, of course, but um, you know, like even something like email, you know, I have friends that either don't have email and don't ever check it or, or they just don't have email, which is hard to believe in this day and age. So, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, what are some of those, those barriers also that people are, um, that are, they're up against and, Maybe you can speak to a, a, a little bit where they may be forced at some point because so much of that, just paying your bills, there are people still writing out checks, but at some point there's going to be so few people writing checks and sending them out. They're not even going to provide that anymore. You're going to have to do it online. Yeah. Okay. So everything is going to be centralized. That is a key word. Whenever you hear in this project, centralization, that means in-person counters are going away. Portals are going to be put in place for the customers to be able to log in. Are you talking about in a branch, like a bank branch? Yes, even even with banks. Even with banks, everything is being centralized. Okay. So I'll give you a perfect example. We uh, used to do the digital literacy project for housing authority for the county of San Bernardino. Before you even talk to a person, now they tell you, go to our website, create an account, and log on to the portal. And I'm like, wow, like these people don't know how to, They if, if they have a device, if they have a connection, now you're telling them, hey, man, just figure the portal out. So we used to assist people that way all the time through housing authority, just how to log in and create an account to apply for housing. And that is the only way to do it now. There is no in-person. Yeah. You know, and people run into it when they're applying for jobs. I don't think there's, there are very few, well, probably small mom and pop stores on a corner, but you know, any, any fairly small business to big business, you, you got to go on, uh, you know, on their website, you know, go to a link that where you apply for jobs and it's all digital. Yeah. That's right. And it all public assistance, all your links, Tad, all of that is on transitional assistance department, social security, SSI, SNAP, WIC, all of those public service, <laughs> even your doctors are starting to force you to log in to a uh, yeah. patient portal Yeah, to view oh, your man. records, to view your reports, to download stuff, to upload stuff. Just went to urgent care and, uh, you know, it was kind of funny. And, and now it makes sense in, in hindsight, but and they asked me for my, my email and they were very, my email gets a little tricky. So it took me a while to get it all spelled right and everything. I got it. So when I finished the the visit, I said, you know, can you send me, you know, an email summary of our visit? Oh, no, we don't send email. I'm like, well, why are you asking for my email? Well, and then I get a, I get an email, you know, by the time I get home that says, you know, you can access a summary, just go on uh, their website, sign up, create an account for their portal. Yep. So it all, now it makes sense. You know, I was in my mind, I'm like, what, what's happening? But absolutely. My, okay. my background is in physician IT training. I used to teach physicians how to how to use online systems. This was back in the 2000s. Yeah, I was doing this all the way, all wow. the way back then. Back in the Stone Age. Right. So <laughs> I'll give you a perfect example how it benefits them. And one thing that could be a hurdle to another person could be a benefit to somebody else. Yeah. Well, physicians are on a golf course. They're on their day off. They're an OBGYN, a delivery doc, a heart doc, a cardiologist. They get a call that says, this patient needs a new medication. 
before they would have to drive all the way into the hospital, handwrite the prescription. And if you know doctors handwriting, (laughs) that's how we came up with the electronic medical record system. Okay. So I would teach them. They could log in from their cell phone, a tablet, a laptop, uh, Apple iPhone, an iPad. They could view EKGs, uh, fetal monitoring strips. They could do all of that stuff remotely, sign off, put in the medication changes, and electronically sign it and never leave the golf course. See, and from this end, as a consumer, I love it because, first of all, you don't have all that paper, but, but you know, you have a, a record of your visits, what went on, when you were there, who you talked to, what medications they did, when they changed. You know, I mean, you could go on and on and you can access it anytime you want. You don't have to call the doctor's office, be put on hold. You know, can I get an idea? When did I come and visit you? You know, there's just so many pluses, I think, too. You know, so those people, those people that are resistant to it, I just want to say, yeah, there's so many benefits, though, you know. Well, let me let me share with you. Here's an example of in our training, how we assist the people that you're talking about. Like, yeah. yep. oh, my God. So I have a format that I use and I, I rewrote our own manuals, had them copyrighted. And this comes from 30 years of computer IT training, education background, public speaking background and how to reach difficult learners. And that's what we consider them, is the resistant people are just difficult learners, right? Hard to reach. Yeah. So I give them a simple example of what input, output, and processing is. And then we give them a little quiz and we say, we're gonna test these three devices to see if they qualify as a computer. The first one is a washing machine. The second one is a thermostat. And the third one is a bank ATM machine. So after they go, okay, yeah, it's got input and output. You get a receipt at the end of it and say, okay, so are these all computers? Yes, they are. But these are the same people at the beginning of class when I said, how many people have computer experience? Oh, I don't touch those things. I don't go anywhere near them. When I go past them, they just blow up, right? <laughs> now I've convinced them that they've been using computers their whole life. It's just now you're learning and fine-tuning what you know about computers but you've been using them. There's no getting around them. Yeah. There's no getting away. You know, I'm glad you said that because I used to tell people the same thing, you know, your years, I mean, like you probably 20 plus years ago and people were so afraid to when ATM machines first came out and then it got into computers and then people were afraid of computers. And I'm like, well, you know, you use a computer and I, and I would say the same thing. Do you go and get money out of an ATM? And they're like, yeah, that's what you're doing. You yeah, know. yeah. What keeps what keeps me from viewing the data on your account and your money? Well, it's a computer and it has security and it says security. you don't have their ATM card, their PIN code. Heck, you just aren't Doug Vincent, so you aren't going to get access to the to the information or to the funds. You, you know, there were um, there were people that would say to me too that they you know they're afraid of their you know identity theft and that kind of thing. And I, and I would tell them, but you're okay with giving your, your credit card to some 18 year old you never met at a restaurant and they walk off with it into a build exactly. a, a room in the back. You don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And you see the look on people's faces. They're like, Oh my God, I never, never thought of that. Exactly. <laughs> and this is what's weird. The majority of computer hacking doesn't happen over a computer system. Yeah. It happens real time, face to face. Somebody's just not thinking and releases some information yeah. that they shouldn't. And that's the doorway yeah. that gets them in. 
you know, since we have you here and you've got your expertise and we could uh, kind of pick your brain a little bit on, on people that are on Facebook and, and some of the other social media, and you see all these little games, I guess, that people play and, you know, the fit, the list of 50 countries you've been to, or the, you know, they, I want to know about you. And then there's like a bunch of things where, you know, where did you go to school? That's mining for information, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we teach this in our internet security, our internet basics, the information that uh, we call it a digital footprint. Yeah. Everybody has a digital footprint. Okay. We're going to keep it simple. How else are law enforcement able to solve crimes just by a cell phone pinging and saying a person was in this vicinity? And that's like the, the major foothold to building a case. Yeah. Because that IP address follows you no matter where you go. So they may not know your name and your exact address, but they know that IP address and they know, well, last week that IP address went to Amazon.com. This week it went to Staples.com. Next week, it went to uh, OfficeMax.com. Well, heck, they might be shopping for school supplies or computer electronics. So then you start getting banner ads because they can they take all this information and they sell it to each other. They don't have to sell your name, your social security number and your address. All they need is your IP address. So there is no hiding on the Internet the way that it's built. That's literally what it's built for. I just teach people, here are some things that we call up uh, cookies inside your web browser. Cookies, hash, and uh, history. 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 How to clear those three and say, okay, if a website's going to force you to let them view that information, before you go to their website, clear those. So when they go to their website, there's a clear grocery list. Yeah. They have no idea that you bought eggs, milk, and cheese yesterday. So how often do you recommend that you clear those things? It depends on the, the frequency of the computer user. Okay. So if the computer user is a diehard, you just sit there all day and watch YouTube, Facebook, you get what I'm saying? All <laughs> yep, day. Yep. You need to do it more frequently. If you're, yep. I just get on there and say hi to my grandkids on FaceTime and then I get off. You may only have to do it once a month. Every time I get on my laptop, and I mean, like every day, the first thing I do besides to make sure it's fully charged is I always uh, do a diagnostic, you know, to make sure no, make sure you know everything's uh, still intact. It hasn't been hacked in, and anyway, nobody's trying to use the email, you know, small things like that. And what I recommend for um, our audience here is that one of the best way to keep uh, hackers out is to make strong passwords. Yes. yes. Yeah. All right, and there is another. There is another tip. Uh, they a lot of websites are going to what's called two-step verification. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is you log on to, I'll give you an example, your banking website. You log on to it, but you assign your cell phone number as the primary contact number or how you receive messages. So when you log on, it'll send you a code that says, please enter the code that was sent to your email or your cell phone. How would you like it sent? If you say cell phone, you'll get a text message. It'll have a six-digit code. You type in that code. Most of the apps actually automatically input it for you. You don't physically have to type it in. It's all tied in, and it allows you to go into your website. Uh, Google is big on that. 
two-step verification. They're doing it all over the place because you have Google Pay where people tap with their cell phones to pay Mm -hmm. at the registers. And a lot of that, they're putting two-step verification to cut down on fraud and on uh, crime. I, you know, I'm, I'm very skeptical of anything that's sent to me, even from, even people I know when they send me an attachment, I don't open attachments. I don't open, you know, some video that a friend has sent me. Sorry, people. I just don't open that stuff. And I, I'm so diligent. I, I tell the story where I, my, when I uh, got Medicare, I got the card in the mail and, you know, these days, you know, they'll send you stuff, not Medicare, but but anybody, any company, and they're so good at at, uh, at at making it look real with their the logos of the company and all of that stuff. So I I really look at stuff and and try to figure out if it's real or not. And when I got my Medicare card, it was it was a little like a card stock piece that you perforated the card. You just punched out the card and took the card, and and I had it on the pile to shred. I'm thinking surely the government has something that's more than just a little paper card that's your medicare card you know i'm thinking it would be a nice laminated card or something and and thank goodness i was talking to my insurance agent and and uh you know she kind of walked me through i'm like oh no that that's my real card i almost shredded it yeah yeah uh, a lot of uh notifications now uh even your auto insurance they have a actual image that you download on your cell phone so you don't have to have the paper image to keep in your glove box. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And those are even recognizable, you know, to law enforcement. Hey, I have my insurance card. It's in my cell phone. Here it is. Yeah. Right. So uh, in a lot of places, it's that centralization concept of, okay, everything's in a device. Everything's in a phone. Everything's in a tablet. But you have to guard that tablet or that device with your life. Because literally your whole life is in that device now. Absolutely. You you know, there's another thing I always reference is when I was a kid, you know, there was Dick Tracy and his Dick Tracy watch, right? And it was just so futuristic that you could, you know, there was a phone call where you could see somebody on the watch, right? We have gone, we've blown past that. We are so far beyond that and all the things that these devices can do. It's, it's crazy. Most definitely. Yeah. I was just going to say, we kind of got more than we bargained for uh, here with our interview today. We wanted to talk about the consortium and the new broadband coming and all of that. Uh, But uh, we we got a little uh, security lesson in there and all this other stuff. Now, And we can't let you go uh, without talking a little bit about the the Great Harvest Community Center. I know you want to talk about that and, and the work you guys do over there. All right, so we are Great Harvest Community Center. We specialize in digital literacy and getting people that are on any public assistance program free Chromebooks, okay? So you come and take a cool little workshop. All you do is bring, and you can even upload it through our website. You can register on our website and upload your documentation through our website and log on for four, a uh, couple of fun little workshops and then you're good. You get the Chromebook. Now, some people do not have a computer to get on. We yeah. are able to yeah. give them the Chromebook up front so that they can log on to. So we really did. It's a win-win. All yeah. you got to do is register with us, log on. We tell you whether or not you qualify. And it's while supplies last. 
So I wish it was an mm-hmm. unlimited supply, but it's not. But I want to give you an idea. We're talking 11,000 households in San Bernardino County alone. And we've got another one coming out possibly next year with Riverside County as well. So we we got a big task ahead of us, but we yeah. we love getting people computers and then teaching them how to use them and, you know, yeah. kind of spinning the top and letting it go. Mm-hmm. So of all those people that are kind of resistive, I'm sure there's a, a big group that is interested, ready. They want to do it, but you know, that barrier might be having that device or, you know, being able to pay for it, those kinds of things. So that'll kind of take care of that whole group of people. Absolutely. And we, we are partnered with uh San Bernardino community college district. We're at their uh, professional development center at 124 South Del Rosa Drive, room 108, and at San Bernardino, 92408. Awesome. And we are there Monday through Thursdays. If you don't want to register online, you can come in and see us, uh, but it's easy if you register online and we'll coordinate getting your Chromebook to you. Uh, we do not ship them only because it's really expensive. Most people don't think so, but it's really expensive to ship those Chromebooks. Uh, we shipped one to somebody and it was like a hundred bucks just to ship it because wow. you have to insure it. Yeah. 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 So we don't ship them, but we work out how to get them to the people in person or to come into our site over at a community college district. But we're over there and we're just, I, I got a huge shipment coming in this Thursday. Oh, good. So good. you will see the line outside the building <laughs> next week. They know. Uh, that's awesome. So uh, j- just to make sure that our listeners know, because this, you know, has listened all over, you know, all over, even other countries have uh, tuned in some, from time to time. So this is for San Bernardino County. For San Bernardino and, County. And residents here. Yeah. Yes. Okay. On any, on any public assistance. And our website yeah. is www.ghcc edu.com okay good and i'll uh, i'll put that on the website we have a resource page so we'll make sure all of these uh, uh websites get up on there and the contact information and, and watch out they'll be coming your excellent. way <laughs> excellent mm-hmm. well gregory thank you once again for coming on gregory uh walker with the inland empire regional broadband consortium and and the uh, great harvest community center uh thanks for the education about not only broadband, but some security in there and everything else. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. I enjoyed sharing with you you guys today, most definitely. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. What's up, folks? Uh, welcome back. I'm Eric Gilder, along with my buddy Doug Vincent. Let me tell you, that was a cool show. One of our best educational shows yet. Got uh, more than we bargained for huh, on that interview. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some good information, some good tips, uh, food for thought, all of that. And, uh, uh, you know, if the broadband is a little marginal in your area, just hang on. Help's coming. Help's coming. All right. So next week, uh, hopefully this will be 
right up there too. Uh, you know, you've seen it on TV if you watch TV at all, all the all the commercials about Medicare. Open enrollment is going on now. I know it drives you crazy, but uh, we've got an expert coming on to kind of help you uh, sort all of it out. What it means to you, uh, what the differences are in all of the things that uh, you can get with with the health coverage and all of that. So we'll be talking about Medicare and the open enrollment next week here on Walk In Roll Live. You got anything coming up this week? Busy time well, uh, of year, no. right? Uh, with all the holiday stuff. Sorry to jump on you there, but this, man, there's it's busy times. I got nothing uh, coming up uh, this week except for uh, my continuation of uh, disaster preparedness uh, training with the uh, State Council of Developmental Disabilities in uh, San Bernardino. It's open to uh, organizations with uh, clients and workers with uh, disabilities for the time being, but we're hoping one day that we'll open it up to the public uh, due to the small amount of uh, backpacks. It's kind of a uh, first come, first serve, you know, when it comes to picking them up and such. And it feels really good to be back in the teaching again after being put on hiatus for, I say, about I say weeks now. Yeah, yeah, good, good. You know, is there a, a address that you want to? put out there or you want me to put it on the website? What are you thinking? Um, I really don't know for, for say from the top of my head, but I could send you a, 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 a the address for in the website for the state council of development of disabilities. If you have any uh, questions uh, about anything, because what we do is um, we're basically a, um, a nerve center and informational place for people that's looking for resources for like housing, um, emergency preparedness courses like how I teach and things like that. All right. I think I may have it on there already. I'll double check. And if I don't, I'm going to come looking for you. All right. Yeah. I've, I've got some, uh, this time of year, I do a lot of stuff with toy drives, you know, so I'll, I'll go and, uh, and buy a bunch of toys. And then we have different parties, but there's one place, which I think is not this weekend. I think it's the following weekend is a Christmas party that a gentleman has at an undisclosed uh, location, but he's a collector and he's got this huge garage and he's got an incredible collection. Of, he's a, he's a, a, a car guy, if you will. So he's got a bunch of hot rods in there, but in this garage, he's built a working ice cream parlor. He's got, yeah. It's crazy. And he's got a whole row of like storefronts. His, his wife is into Barbies as a lot of uh, women are. And so he built her a whole, one of the storefronts is all about Barbie. So there's like a, a window where you look in and there's, you know, there's displays of Barbies and all that. And then, you know, just a number of different things. He's got like a working shop within this big shop that is like walking into the forties, into a 1940s, automobile shop and all these old drills and drill presses and, and different things and, and an old forties car in there. He built inside this big building inside the building is like a, a general store that you, you know, might walk into in Appalachia. It, it's just, it's crazy stuff. And then across the street well, on his property, he's, I guess, built a whole Western uh, town too. So, uh, you know, it, so we have a big party and we, we uh, bring toys and that's, that's your entry into the party as a toy and as potluck. So you bring a dish and then all those toys are gathered and we send those to Fort Irwin in California for the, the kids that might otherwise not have a Christmas. And this is all, this was all started by Phil and Mary Leatherman years ago. 
with a local hot rod building shop and they, they retired. And, and so, uh, uh, Inland Empire mobile, uh, Mopar club has kind of taken this over. And, uh, so we collect toys still and have been doing this for years, the hot rod community for the kids at Fort Irwin. So that's some of the things that I'm doing. Uh, you, Eric, talking to you and to all of our listeners, have a great holiday season and enjoy all the festivities that you're involved with. And we'll be back next week to take a look at Medicare. So send us out with some words of wisdom, Mr. Aguilar. We hope you have a wonderful holiday, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you guys again maybe one last time before we head into the Christmas season. You guys take care of yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time. Walk and Roll Live is heard around the world at walkandrolllive.com, Podbean, and Spotify. Like us at facebook.com slash walkandrolllive. You can email us at warlive at walkandrolllive.com with comments, observations, or whatever's on your mind. Whatever's on your mind. Have a topic you'd like to hear or a guest you think would be great for the show? Let us know. Look for new episodes every Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.